Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of April 24th, 2014. 
I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Podcast, where we're here to sort of massage your fears over what? Wii U. <laughs> Not true. Uh, joining me this week, Brian Altano. <laughs> Sam Claiborne returning. What is up, everybody? And everyone's favorite... <laughs> Colin Moriarty. Beyond y'all, go Vita. There you go. Um, <laughs> I don't think Nintendo fans dislike the Vita. No, no, no. I think they're cool so, with it. It doesn't I, I present think, a challenge. Because it's just irrelevant. Yeah. It's just completely nobody, irrelevant. Nobody hates the Vita. No. Yeah, no you have I, to understand that it exists. No, yeah, you you got to be there to really get it first. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh, I, really, uh-huh. I can't wait to play Galaxy on it. Um, as much as I want to play Galaxy on my PS4, I'm going to waste so much time. He doesn't time mean Mario Galaxy. Yeah, Galaxy. Galaxy. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, cool. So Beyond. Beyond. Not me. So <laughs> Sam and uh, and Colin join us as special guests, especially this week for a topic that we're going to talk about a little bit. But first, let's talk about some news. Hey, guys. This week, on April 21st, uh, the Game Boy turned 25 years old. Yes. So it is old enough to rent a car. That joke has been made. And this was in Japan, by the way. Um, in its I lifetime. I was old enough to rent a car. Yeah. Well, you still are. I rented a car. 30 years go. ago. Um, <laughs> 1974. <laughs> it's a good year for games. Pawn clones. <laughs> Game Boy sold 118 million in its lifetime. That's uh, it. That includes the original model, the Game Boy Pocket, uh, which was the better screen and the thinner, thinner design. Then the Game Boy Color. 100 million, um, is that what you said? Total? And then, yeah, uh, wow. 118 million. 118. Does that yeah. include color? Yeah, yeah, it includes all pocket. of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and possibly light, which was Japan only, um, which was the backlit version of the black and white. I was, love uh, that uh, yeah, yeah, That was a drop in the bucket. Yeah, but by then, you know, they were it's ready really to cool. move on. So, yeah, that happened. So let's talk about some Game Boy memories, right? I mean, this we, we all love I our lo- Game Boys. I loved my Game Boy. We I have loved one it in the so house. Yeah, right here, yeah. Just holding it is like, just crisscrossing your fingers behind right, it. Right, right. Uh, it just is like so an old memory. Like, oh, like, put yeah, yes. like, it was... Oh, Do you guys so, remember the display cases? That was probably mm-hmm. my, my earliest memory of Game Boy. Was like it was a giant Game Boy, and it had a greenish black screen. Like I don't even know how they did that. Like I don't know what kind of screen you could blow up to look like that. I guess it was just a TV with a piece of plastic over it, probably. Mm-hmm. But it was like a giant Game Boy, and you could play Tetris and Super Mario Land on it. Like yeah. a little bit before the Game Boy ever came out, it was yep. such a cool like case. And then they have only like what like ten games or less mm-hmm. at launch, so you, you know you just but had it, them but up there. But it came yeah. with the one you needed, yep. which was Tetris. Yeah, it, like you had yeah. it right out of the gate. What was it? I, I don't remember uh, the pricing when it had come out, but I remember. Christmas when we got it that year. Uh, so I, I have was eighty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I have an older sibling yeah, by a year, and she got one, and I got one. Um, and it was so cool because we just opened it up, and the box was so cool. It had those cybernetic hands. Oh yeah, no, it was awesome. it. I love that. It, it was very design. late eighties. Commercial yeah. based yeah. on that too, where yeah. there was like a kid fighting a robot, mm-hmm. and the robot had they were like playing Game Boy with the link cable. Yeah, I never yeah. saw that until, yeah. like, years after. Yeah, so yeah. I yeah. probably so, did. But. Yeah, so, the, the, the box just quick reminded me. Remember, like, when you get pictures in elementary school and you'd, like, be able to pick the background and it could be, like, the rainbow or, like, <laughs> yeah. the, like yeah. the, the box reminded me of one of those, like, sci-fi a, backgrounds you could get on a, your picture. There's a laser background yeah, that looks it, just yeah, like Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was picture day lasers. It was yeah. amazing. So it wasn't – to me, it wasn't that the Game Boy was so amazing because it absolutely was, and everybody knows that all the time. But uh, it's it was also – it has to be stated – that handheld gaming before the Game Boy was so bad. It was abysmal. And then this thing came along. And and we're talking about we had... um, LCD Tiger Toys. Yeah, Yeah. little Tiger Tiger Toys where you got got a game and you could see the the second you turned it on, you saw everything that could possibly happen in that game. Um, We had Game & Watch. That's right, because it had the little... Yeah, you saw the ending and everything. We we had Game & Watch. We had, like, stupid little, like, watch games. I never saw Game & Watch when I was a kid, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, I I I definitely had Game & Watch. I saw the Tiger Toys. Did you ever see them? Yeah, the Tiger... The Tiger Toy... Well, that's... 
particular toy that uh, I'm most reminded of is the Simon's Quest yeah, iteration, cool but it was so Castlevania 2, but it was the bullshit Tiger toy when they had Mega Man 2, I think, as well. Like, all, yeah. but like, it was just <laughs> straight garbage. Yeah, straight and I hadn't even, I had this, I found it when I went back to Long Island a few months ago. I had this thing that was this big, probably, like <laughs> this thick, and it was a, a dirt bike game. Yeah. And it was just, it was just red and black, and you yeah. would just like, it was just one button and like a, like an analog yep. stick almost, uh-huh. and it was like, ring, ring, and it took like four. D batteries. Oh, it was the worst. No, classic, it was, classic radio yeah, jack. Yeah. But the Game Boy, because I mean, I grew up, I, I had a Nintendo when I was five, right? So I've been playing Nintendo for basically my whole life. And yeah. that means every single time anyone wanted me to go anywhere, I'd be like, nope, I got to play Nintendo. But then the Game Boy came out, and my parents would be like, we got to go to your grandma's house and be like, sure, how far is it? Two hours away. Great, can't wait. I'd hop in the car, I'd have like five games with me. Yeah. I wanted to go places. I would sneak my Game Boy to school, yep. play it at lunch. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, you had an NES that you could play anywhere. Do you remember how risky it was? to take it to school. It oh, was scary. Incredible. Yeah, it was oh, really yeah, scared. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. because the, the one thing on the on the system that was so delicate was the screen, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. was it was super scratch prone. Yeah, you could scratch the shit out of it. Stolen. I remember a kid, someone accidentally kicked his backpack, and that's why when you were that's talking about me. keeping it me? in his in, in <laughs> that, your backpack. That was the risk you took. If someone just kicked it aside, like, yeah, that's whatever. What, that's when I first found out about... you open your bag and find a nightmare. <laughs> that's when I first found out about how great Nintendo customer service was. Oh. Because I took mine to school and I was at the bus stop and me and my brother got in an argument and I spun yeah. around my backpack and he kicked it and cracked the screen. Yeah. I, and it, the of course, it, it still worked. Yeah. But, like, you oh, couldn't no see the top the half of the screen. Ones. So I came to school. Yeah. I'm on the bus. I'm trying to play Mario. I'm like, I think that's a musher up there. Yeah, it's yeah. all like... You know when you kick those screens in, it just becomes like this black ooze Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, But everything else about that system was super durable, right? Yeah. I mean, it was so it was it was a real solid design. It was cheap to make. Yep. Uh, it made Nintendo a bunch of money because it was also low cost. They weren't selling it at super crazy prices, even for 1990. Yeah, 89.99 is is still cheap by yep. you know inflated numbers and yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this, uh, plus great, with a game, mm-hmm. there's a great book called The Beach by Alex Garland, and um, there's a movie adaptation that was not good. But a big part of it is that it's about like finding this island that these like kind of like expats are all living on. They're all kind of bohemian, but they have a Game Boy there. Even though like their whole life is like tropical and cool, they have a Tetris Tetris on a Game Boy, and it's like in the early '90s. Mm-hmm. And like they make these dangerous, really dangerous trips to this part, like unrested part of the world, you know, to like get supplies. And they always get batteries, and they always bring it back. And the school guys playing Game to Boy. play Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And, and then there's the story of the most famous Game Boy, which was the Gulf War Game Boy, the Game Boy yep. that got like. You know what was there? A grenade went off near it. That's in, that's in the like, World Store or the Nintendo yeah, Store. Yeah, I just, saw, I just saw it three weeks ago. Yeah, and, and Nintendo Power they had mm-hmm. featured it, and everyone remembers what it is, and it still runs. It's still working. Either that or is some crazy like magic happening behind that that glass that you plexiglass you're looking at it through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you guys it's, remember it's the around. issue of uh, Nintendo Power Tetris in it? The yes. press cover with like the clear Tetris blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, inside it had this whole spread on like how to be better at Tetris, and it was like if this block falls, put it here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was like a game help spread yeah. on yeah. Yeah. Tetris. Yeah, they had it. They had I to sell those up, Game Boys. Yeah. I mean, so I remember, you know, I was a Nintendo kid through and through and through in NES and SNES. I remember getting my Game Boy. I think it was in 1992. Um, at uh, people that are from New England or from New York will remember a store that's closed now called Bradley's, and it was like this this department store. I remember Bradley's. Um, and I used to go in there, and they had like a small electronics section. They always had this Game Boy there, and I used to just stare at it. And they had like Mega Man. I think it was Mega Man Three or Mega Man Four on NES because they would they would port the Mega Man games from NES to sort of. to Game Boy, but then they would split them in half. So <laughs> it didn't it'd be make like, any sense. So it would be like th- four enemies from Mega Man Two and four enemies from Mega Man yep. Three, and so on and so forth. And I like and the main boss was Bowser. Like, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was all broken. those games. The first one, especially Doctor Wily's Revenge very hard game. Um, Iceman's level, but like 
it's yeah, everything's different. Yeah, everything's right? everything's, and I and I love those games. So I eventually got it. And what was funny about Game Boy was it it was the first thing that split my attention from like we were saying consoles because the handhelds sucked mm-hmm. at the time before you had Game Boy. And what's even funnier is that. Game Boy lived for a really long time. I mean, Game Boy as hardware was relevant for 12 years or so. So, like, you know, because we had Pocket and Color later, and obviously Pokemon was really responsible yeah, for keeping Game Boy like alive. Tetris to Pokemon. But, was like yep. but crazy I, graph. I remember when Pokemon Red came out and Blue, I had Red, my, my buddy got Blue. Um, he had the Game Boy Pocket, and I had and I refused to buy the Game Boy Pocket. <laughs> I was still rocking this OG thing that I had that I bought. Eight, so I'd be like, we were like ninth or 10th grade, and I'd be like, everyone would be like playing their Game Boy Pockets or later their Game Boy Colors, and I'd be... I'd be playing this, and everyone's like, "Why do you just have this?" Because like, it still works. It still works. And we used to go to Costco and get like the hundred battery. Oh like, yeah, you would get the big things that look because, like a tank because you yeah, can't go like and a, buy. A bullet yeah. It was like yeah. ridiculous, like how much battery. But I, that's what's so funny. And my Game Boy still, you know, I'm sure, sure it still works. Mm-hmm. It's still fine. I eventually got the Game Boy Color. I think I got that for the Zelda Oracles games. Yep. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, like the, the the Game Boy is like so you know the, the early games like Alleyway and Mario are, are awesome, but like mm-hmm. also people forget about Final Fantasy Legends and Final Fantasy Adventure. Those are like, my games. Yeah, that yeah. Okay. yeah I love those. Uh, the, the, the fantastic, like deep, gruelingly difficult JRPGs. And then there were the uh, Castlevania games, which were absolutely sh- terrible. Yeah, they were. I love. I played, oh, Castlevania Boy. Legend or whatever it was. Like. I played them, but they or were Adventure so Castlevania Adventure. Adventure. That's what it was. Yeah, Adventure, yeah. yeah. They oh. were so Eyeball slow. The they yeah. were some of the slowest games yeah, in yeah. the universe. They didn't need to be because that hardware did amazing things. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. I don't think people caught on. Like, you see the difference between Super Mario Land and Super Mario Land 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, what can we do with this? We can make this tiny Mario out of, like, a few pixels. And then later, they're like, this huge cartoon Mario. Yeah, yeah like by the, the end, same system. They were making, like, Super Nintendo games in black and white by the end. I mean, it, if you look Link, at, like, Link's, Awake, Link's yeah, Awakening, yeah, they came out for the original Game Boy in green and puke green. Like, those are the two <laughs> colors. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's one. It's, it's it's my favorite video game of all time. Like, yeah. and it, that came out on the Game Boy. My know? other uh, favorite thing with the Game Boy that uh, has slowly died down from Nintendo handhelds was the clear case Game Boy. And how they always oh, had, yeah. like, remember, like designs where yeah. you can see in and just see all the circuitry and the boards and yeah. all that. I love that. I, I kind of wish they would do it with 3DS, but then again, it would probably be really weird to look at. So yeah. Did you have the know. phone that was like that, too, when you were a kid? Uh, no, I, I remember that. I, did. Yeah. I think I did, too. I, I never had the Game Boy. It was my favorite. That's my favorite like, oh, like case the, design. Like the landline, you mean? Like the yeah, telephone? Yeah, like oh, telephone. yeah, yeah. I have one yeah, of that's like something uh, Zach Morris would have in his bedroom. Totally, totally. totally. Yeah. 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 Cool yeah. 90s kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to be, but it never was. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. The most uncool kid by far, though, was the kid that only had a Game Boy and didn't have an NES. And yeah. I always felt really bad. Yeah, he was in the project. Yeah, because they got the broke-ass ports of a lot of the good games. and But, yeah. I mean, there were good ports. And you we go over about- and be like... You want to play Game Boy? You want to pass it back and forth? Yeah, it's like, no, I want to play NES. I remember playing things like Dr. Mario on the Game Boy, and I'm like, you had to really look. (laughs) Yeah. You had to really look. You got to really got it kind of close to the (laughs) eyeball. Is that blue? (laughs) Shaded or not shaded? What what color is that? It's It's cross-hatched a lot. Oh, they did, yeah. yeah, They they do this game where you like switch between the Game Boy colors and the NES colors. And the hard part is that the Game Boy colors make no sense. That makes no sense at all. I think that's a gray. It's on a gradient. Cool. All right. Well, I I've, I kind of regret not trying to focus this more around Game Boy, but this caught us a little uh, by surprise. Maybe in the future we'll spend a lot There's more time. There's another anniversary coming up. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. We'll we we can also, it. I mean, it didn't come out until July in North America, so we can, we'll revisit it when it's more relevant oh to God. the I West. Could, I, I could mm-hmm. do a 24-hour telethon with you guys about the Game Boy. That's how much I cool. love the Game Boy. Right. talk so about it all day. Look forward to that, listeners. Telethon. I like it. All right. So let's move on to some other news. Um, a Mario Kart 8 Wii U bundle was announced for Europe. 
Uh, this bundle will be available May tw- uh, excuse me May 30th. Contain everything you'd expect in the box: black Wii U gamepad controller, sensor bar, and the bundle will retail for 249 pounds, uh, according to Nintendo's official UK store. They also announced a peach pink remote. And a Yoshi Wii remote, uh, but the Yoshi Wii remote is only in Europe. I don't really care for the Wii remotes, but the bundle is smart. Although for Europe, where they're kind of losing ground a mm-hmm. lot, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, we'll see. You know, it, it, it's definitely an advantage for the consumer to pick that up, right, and get Mario Kart and a Wii U at the same time. So I like that. That's <clears> like they're like, oh, how do we do? How do we win this? Yeah, bust well, out trying. that Yoshi remote. Yeah, you gotta get that Yoshi. <laughs> two hundred four. So how much does Wii U usually cost in in the UK? Because two hundred forty nine pounds is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, That's like um, four hundred dollars, isn't it? And, and yeah. Europe in general, uh, pricing for some of this stuff is not. And Australia is even worse, like yep. uh, as far as pricing for devices go. So I'm not entirely sure what the the a- the average mm. price is per system. But, so this uh, is a good price, relatively. Kind of like we can we can assume, unless a UK listener right now is like throwing his headphones on the ground, going, "Absolutely not." But uh, the fact that you're getting the game bundled with it, I think, is a good move. Just in oh general, yeah, for right? sure. Yeah, I mean, this is I this is like three hundred seventy bucks. Yeah, this yeah, this that's is a, a lot big, of money. Yeah, and this is a big game for them, man. Like this is uh, one the of biggest, their man. yeah, it's, at least for the foreseeable future. So yeah, uh, I think they should be doing anything they can to get people playing that game for cheaper than that. Yeah. I mean. If if our conversion rates are even remotely close to what we're assuming they are, like that sounds like a lot of money. Yeah. All right. Um, I can't wait for you know how they like they have that there's like this one guy that like collected all the N sixty four controllers mm-hmm. and like all the paint mm-hmm. colors and the, there's some rare ones and they look really cool when you line them up. I'm I'm looking forward to the Wii Mode version of that. Yeah. I oh, want yeah, I want happening. a Donkey Kong one that's covered in hair. <laughs> <laughs> Including okay. the the slippy case you have to put it in the condom that oh, comes with those that things. Thing That'd be so gross. gross. That'd be pretty cool though. <laughs> all the hair will be matted. <laughs> yeah, you, wouldn't need, you wouldn't need the case, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it'd be like a shag. A oh, that's so gross. Mm. We should right. it's like just make us one. People have those Chewbacca Star Wars uh, iPhone cases. It's just like fur all over yeah, the back. Yeah, Mitch be, Dyer has yeah, one. Yeah, be just yeah. like, oh, it's gross. Okay. So it's, so it's, it's like fake, fake. fake yeah, it's fur. like troll's hair. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so moving on, we 90s. had a, an interview. Uh, IGN got access to uh, Koichi Hayashida for an interview that uh, w- contributed to a larger feature, but we got some smaller stories out of it, too. He talked about why NES Remix isn't on the 3DS. Which angered a lot of folks, uh, at least the response. Um, just to read his Wait, quote. Just the back- background first. He did NES Remix Mario uh, Mario 3D World. Yeah, he, he so he's worked on he worked on Sunshine. He's Sunshine, worked on okay. Galaxy. He's worked on uh, Galaxy Two. Uh, games. But uh, Super Mario yeah. 3D Land, he was director, mm-hmm. and then he shared co-director duties on Super Mario 3D World, okay. which uh, was uh, last November. So the last two. <clears throat> Major Mario. Yeah, games, and you know. and so we learned too talking to him that Nintendo was thinking about NES Remix right after 3D Land, and then uh, you know they started 3D World, and then in his spare time he started working on NES Remix on the side because it was an idea that they hadn't really you know figured out what to do with yet, and so he was kind of pro. And he revealed a little bit of that if you looked at uh, Nintendo Direct interviews, mm-hmm. he kind of hints to it at the one for uh, in 3D World, but uh, his quote. Um, to us about why it isn't on uh, 3DS, which was something people were asking for the day that NES Remix got announced at a, at a Nintendo Direct, is he said, one of the easiest ways to answer that is that I was working on 3D World, which was developed on Wii U, so I was very familiar with the system's architecture and developing for the platform lent itself to the early stages of the project. But if you step into the shadows a bit more, in order to accomplish what we wanted with NES Remix and get the effect we wanted out of it and the value that we wanted it to have, we needed some more machine power. He thought the Wii U offered that pretty easily for them. And it just would have been more difficult to do for 3DS. And I just want to toss out there, the man did not say he couldn't do it on 3DS. Mm -hmm. That was Mm -hmm. not clearly part of the message, but people 
kind of construed it that way. And I don't know. Am I being defensive because I'm the guy who talked to him? Or you mean people like, who have no idea how video games are made got yeah. mad at somebody who made a quote about how video games lazy are made. developer? Yeah, yeah, the lazy yeah developer that was thing. the number one comment I kept seeing, and it was a little um, disappointing for me because I'm like, he didn't say never. He just said, "Hey, we made a choice." Yeah. Basically. It's a Nintendo game. Don't worry. They'll port it. Yeah. And by the way, Wii U needed games. He didn't yeah, say that. Totally. But <laughs> we all knew that that was yeah. part, probably part of it. I mean, yeah. it seems like for if, if what I saw about it was some people were misinterpreting things. First of all, something might have been lost in translation in the in sense that it sounds like what he's saying is that 3DS doesn't have the power mm-hmm. to run NES games, which is obviously not true. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the there are NES games on the system. Yeah, I, went to a, uh, I think I went it's to... just I think something just kind of lost. And... Well, I went to another translator just to double check, and he said that uh, no, he played up how the the effects they wanted to add and the the sort of the ideas and the twists they wanted to have. That was the context of the quote. So, and Nintendo provides really good translators for these things, by the way, too. But we still followed up with someone mm-hmm. to be sure because I didn't want to run the story and then find out. Well, something was lost in translation. Right. It was like, no, that wasn't really the case here. I think the like the more fascinating part of that story is that like. He he started making those games like in secret in his yeah, spare exactly. time. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, it was. That's really interesting. Yeah, and he made a hundred challenges on his own before Nintendo hired Indie Zero, the company would, that would finish that game, at least the first one. Who made and, Retro Game Challenge? Yeah, that's game. right. On the DS, uh, they made one and two, but two didn't make it over here from Japan. And three um, exists now, but it's supposed to be supposed to be supposedly terrible. Well, they really? didn't make it. Yeah, Indie yeah. Zero didn't work on uh, Retro Game Challenge three on 3DS. Someone, another company, got brought in, and most people assume it was because Nintendo c- tapped them to do this game. Sure. Um, he also mentions that development on NES Remix two started almost almost fairly quickly after the first one was done before it had been sold. Um, but then in another question, he said if people want, you know, like Super Nintendo Remix or Game Boy Advance Remix or th- even third-party games for NES Remix games, like, fans got to speak up yeah, um, and just show that that's something that'll kind of uh, – th- does the market want it? I did my part. I reviewed it. Yeah, and you mentioned it in the verdict. I saw that. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, either, actually, both verdicts, I was like, I want more. Yeah. That was like what, what I concluded. Sure, yeah, I sure. mean, this is us officially speaking up, right? Yeah. I want that. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, I mean... And I'll work on those games in my spare time, too, if they need it. <laughs> Word. Sounds like the way yeah. Inafune made Mega Man, no too. Yep. All right. So, uh, moving but on, Running then. a contest? So, why don't we talk a little bit about um, some NES Remix 2 impressions. Sam, you just reviewed it. Um, I know Brian's been playing it. I've yep. been playing it. Uh, damn, Colin, we got to get you in on these I things. I was telling Colin <laughs> yeah, this morning, so, like, uh, unrelated. I was like, yeah, you should really play NES Remix. Yeah, no, I will. I just, um, I, I'm off next week, so, because I'm... I need to t- take a vacation. I'm a max out on vacation time. Yeah, so I'm like, there's just no reason for me not to take a vacation right now yeah, before you. Yeah. Uh, so I've been, you know, I went to see a game that you'll find out about soon. Uh, and then I've been cramming a bunch of shit into this week. So I, just, I haven't had time to play anything I want to play. Right. In short, sorry to interrupt. Are you going to yeah, yeah, take no, no home a Wii U and try it out? You no, we have a Wii U at home. Okay, cool. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> All right. So why don't we t- kick off some impressions then? Talk a little bit about NES Remix 2. Well, so the, the most important thing about this is that last time uh, it came out, we're like, we're like, tennis. Baseball, mm-hmm. pinball, like these games are, are clue clue. They're kind of difficult to control and obnoxious, but the challenges <laughs> are certainly good around them. This time it was like they just like were like, well, what are the ten best games? You know? Yeah, yeah. And they they went with them, and, and it's really incredible. It's like Punch Out, Super Mario Bros. One or uh, Lost Levels, uh, Super Mario Bros. Two, Super Mario Bros. Three, 
Metroid, Kid Icarus, and then you know you do these little challenges based on those games. Um, I'm really familiar with those games. Like, yeah. I, I could, you could put me on a desert island with an 80s dev kit and like a manual, and I could recreate Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. <laughs> I know every pixel in that game. So like, and also with Punch Out, I know all the tells of the, the people and stuff like that. So like the actual challenges this time around were not that challenging for me. I just felt like I got through them really fast. I felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wasn't too. I was just wasn't an, an engaged, and I, I realized like. Well, there could probably be a hard version of NES Remix too, easily with a hundred more games and or, or two hundred more games, and that I'd be more into that. Yeah, I but think this is a good. Go ahead. I think no, I think they get there with like some of like the like me versus leaderboard stuff, but that's to me it's not really enough of a hook because like I. I well, gave there's up no on leaderboards. That. There's no leaderboards? No. But there is Miiverse, like, score well, yeah, posts. A random right? person pops yeah. up, yeah. and it'll say, like, yeah. I beat this and this. So, yeah, yeah I, there's I a mean, play button now, so you can watch the replay of how they did it, too. I, f- so I felt the same way that. in that, like, the the most of the games I was really... Like, you said it was 10 of the best NES games of all times. I think it's 9 of the best games. and there's 12 total. And, oh, then it's 11 and, and Wario's and, Woods, and Woods <laughs> which was, like... <laughs> Like that, no, I, I got I pushback it. for that in my review. I was really? Like, I, I, I mean, that game's cute. There's a defense force for everything. Uh, there it is, yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea there was it's one for really that game. Annoying. It's the really Wario's annoying. Wars defense and I'm actually, force. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now, I've never really truly been wild about Kirby. Um, I can kind of take it or leave it, but I think that Kirby in a game like this does not work at all because he's yeah. just like so slow and slow, so floaty, so and the, all of his challenges were like do this, do fifteen of these like objectives in four seconds. The it's like, bah, 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 really bah, 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 bah. and he's like, bloop, bloop. And like move them to get out of the way, and he's like, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. It's really hard. That one where you can't exhale and you have to do all this dodging. Oh, it's, it's horrible! Like, oh, it's horrible. It's Kirby, Kirby and Wario's Woods to have probably the worst two starting challenges of that game because you have to watch a video. <laughs> of these games being played and explained to you. Oh yeah, that's you. the first. That's the yeah. first. Well, that's Kirby. kind of a cute. But funny that was thing. optional before, and for those two, those are the only two they kept that for. Yeah. And it wasn't optional. You had to watch well, them. I'll defend. And I still didn't know how to play. The, yeah, they learned well, obviously something through game well, testing. Well, check this out yeah. though. When you beat all the punch out challenges, the final challenge is to watch Little Mac train. Yeah, and it just plays the music. Do 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 yeah. do do, and it's like that's that really awesome. segment, a thirty-second yeah. segment, and you can't press anything. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. So essentially, like the, at least the standard mini games that aren't the remix challenges, where they start to swap characters mm. in and out of games. Yeah, those are um, called remixes. Yeah, these the, the mini games themselves are, are the tracks for each cart are the Cliff Notes versions of each of those games. So you're like beat Ganon again, but you'll you'll blaze through those games and just revisit scenes that you kind of remember and wanted to play, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. It's a brilliant idea, especially yeah. for. Nintendo's the only company with heritage that can even do something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think uh, Sony's getting there. I think ten years from well, now. Well, we thought that with PS All Stars. Well, what about like <laughs> what about like third party? Games? <laughs> oh man. I, well, what about like Konami Remix or Capcom Tom Remix? Yeah, that, I mean, that's I, where I, it would be. Yeah, I mean, I would love to. Oh, Capcom. Re- oh, yeah, yeah, God. that just, would be awesome. Just oh. Mega Man Remix alone would be a really good idea. Or, to or Sega. To do Mega yeah. Man. Sega. To I do want a Capcom Remix just so I can play like Mega Man Two with Chip and Dale. Yeah, yeah, it's the same engine. Just fucking swap about anyway. <laughs> yeah, DuckTales or whatnot. Yeah, we, sh- we should code that on, at, at nighttime. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it for, I mean, I thought I thought your review was pretty spot on. It was just sort of like, we, this is all the games we asked for them to do. They gave it to us. Now what? You know, like this has so to The this remixes has to keep going. are still really interesting, though, where they're like, they'll, they'll like, they do this stuff where they just, they, 
take the, the ROM and they like bust it open and just like mess with it. Yeah, that's where these games really shine. Like I do like mm-hmm. the the revisiting Metroid like ten seconds at a time thing, but like when you like actually take like you know Kirby and throw him in a Super Mario Brothers level, it's really cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I want to see so much more of that. And the, their willingness to mess in this case with masterpieces is like so awesome. Yeah. That's so un Nintendo. Like they have so much reverence for their virtual console catalog that they make it expensive and rare. They release a game. It seems like a kind of a ritual, you know, every time they release a game. But like this is just like here here's this ROM, we yeah. busted it open and just messed with it. And I love that. It, That's it, like the best it thing. broke my mind the first time I turned into a morph ball as Samus and broke one of the question uh, one mm-hmm. of the blocks from Mario. I'm like <laughs> But I don't want what? to oversell it because <laughs> those are like only like five seconds. It's only long, five seconds, and yeah. It should be the- Game. I know. I mean, that is what Super Luigi Brothers. That's what is. that's there for. Yeah. And so exactly. they included this complete, ba- complete version of <clears throat> Super Mario Brothers that's backwards with like that wonky higher jumping mm-hmm. Luigi, and you just play at every level. You start out, you like run to the wall to the right by accident. It's, it's every like, level. That's kind of cool. It's so yeah. smart and so dumb and so Nintendo that they like that they'd even do something like this. Like I, I, I can't imagine like any other game developers. Like, hey, twenty years later, here's our game backwards, and you jump weird. Like <laughs> what? It's so strange. I have breaking news about that too. What? Mm. There's no minus world. Whoa! Really? They took it out. You so what, did you beat the yeah. game? All right. Because it depends on Mario's kind of jumping arc, mm-hmm. and I just like tried to do it over it. No, I can't beat it. It's so hard. Because I want to see what happens when it, when it ends. If it just says like, "Hey, Luigi, like this ain't your princess." Well, here's the other problem. <laughs> is that Daisy Luigi instead? jumps. <laughs> somebody, somebody should figure this out because I tried, but I'm not very good at it. But you know, you guys know what turtle tipping is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, when the turtle comes down the thing, you should be able to do your little jump and get uh, infinite one ups. But Luigi's a little bit floatier. That's right. So I couldn't get it to work, but it could be just because I'm I've never been good at that. I get it like one out of a hundred mm-hmm. times, not one out of ten times, and I run out of lives. But the bounce mm-hmm. off of the the turtle shell, he's you see him higher is what you're saying is part of that, right? It or it doesn't like look that. the same. It felt yeah. like I it never even because even when you screw up, it'll go like because the, just the first time you jump in that thing, you're like what the heck? Because yeah, he just it's, it's he jumps so much and higher than, the, uh, than Mario the, does. Yeah, it's the gravity from uh, Lost Levels. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was going to say, because in the original Mario, they were straight power yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Identical. in Lost Levels, they made Luigi have that sl- one brick higher right. jump. Yeah. And that makes him be able to jump a lot farther, too. So Lost Levels actually is really good in Remix 2, because I don't like that game. Like, I don't like playing it. But this actually made me in- interested in it, because it'll give you this stuff that when you come across in the game, you're like, this is BS. There's a block, and then, like, a couple screens and another block. <laughs> and it's like, this is the stupidest game. Yeah. But they they remix in a way where they, they put you right in front of those two blocks, and you have just enough run space that you realize, oh, you're not supposed to take this slow or like figure it out. You just run as fast as you can, and you just time and jump, and jump and jump and jump. Yep, cool. And, and so it trains you to be good at lost levels. Yeah. yeah, so I like that. Yeah. Pretty smart. It's almost tutorializing things that you found out on the playground too, and that's something I noticed with the first game, where like if you were trying to find an end, uh, the entrance to one of the dungeons in Zelda, which was part of the first NES remix, there was like a, a random bush. Someone who works here actually, we've had arguments about it because he felt like even now going to that, you have no indication that that's the bush you burn to open up right. to get to that dungeon. I think it's like a level six dungeon or something. Well, it's pain in the ass when you have what is it he like the, the yeah like the. What, what it's the blue candle right there? You have to go off the screen and then back on the screen yeah, again to the use red, it over. The red candle is the infinite. Oh, no, the blue candle you start with. The red candle is the one you get, like where it's infinite where it's or whatever. Infinite. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, infinite. if you were like a nerd, like we were, and you would walk around every block of the yeah. map and burn things, and you have to go yeah, off and back, back on, back and burn. It was yep. the worst. Yeah, yep. but but, uh, uh, but it's cool to see that tutorialized approach for things that today, it, like, don't. And there is nothing about that bush. Yeah, there's nothing about that bush. Well, sometimes there is, and it's a dude, and he's like, "Yo, fix my door." 
give me 50 bucks. <laughs> and you got to pay him and you can come back. It's like, that's that's a problem. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. Well, actually, when you find one of those by Thanks for fixing my door. Thanks for, thanks for fixing my door. <laughs> that hey, says, yeah. something like hey that. Real, real quick before we move on, just a, a big shout out to Lost Levels because uh, yeah. I really loved that game when I got Super Mario All-Stars on SNES oh, when I was a kid. you did like it. I loved that game. Okay, because it was go. just, because I really felt like, you know, Mario 2 obviously was this bastardized Mario game, but we didn't realize it at the time. Mm-hmm. Mario 3 obviously is like a masterpiece. But the original Mario is like this kind of, this, this, this sacred game that is really one of the best games ever. Uh, and w- they never revisited that specific model of Mario. And I never, you know, we didn't have, we didn't know anything about Japan back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. We had like magazines and like rumors about hey, someone's uncle working at Nintendo. They, they had pictures yeah. of Japan in there. Yeah, but but uh, <laughs> when I played that game, I was like, this is awesome because this is just more of that and I never thought I'd get that again made by you crazy know. people you should check it so, out so, so on, on uh, like emulator or not on uh, what's it called virtual console because they have it you can just buy it as uh, the. it's called Super, Super Mario 2 Lost Levels on the, the virtual console right mm-hmm. and it's the actual 8-bit version and like it feels so much better than the Lost Levels uh, in what's it called all-Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you mm. played it in All-Stars, right? Yeah, I played it in All-Stars. And it was, yeah, it, the actual 8-bit original graphics and stuff are, like, they're tweaked in a really interesting way. And, like, there's a lot more smiley faces and there's, like, that weird wind. It's really cool. Oh, yeah, it's really fascinating There's that there's wind in that game. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and, like, the prom plants are red. Yeah. But then in the, in the All-Stars <laughs> version, they kind of, like, made it kind of more Super Nintendo-y, so you couldn't really tell what the changes were originally. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I, all I remember about it's it really is cool. that I could beat Mario 1, no problem, and two seconds like anyone who oh, can I'm that, that went, come over and try to do that with that Super went, Luigi then yeah well like just you know because you just it's like when you get to 8-4 or whatever and even earlier than that like you, you just gotta run yeah. Just like, and you yeah. got to get under the Boomerang My Brothers and all the Hammer eight, Brothers. Eight, and one and yeah. two, I always screw up. And eight, eight, one's not that bad, but two no. is really yeah, it, hard. It, yeah, yeah. It, it is. Like you have to. It, the timing's got to be right. You got to like. Springs are tough for me. But like, you can get through it, right? Like, I'm, I never would sit oh, down yeah. with Mario and be like, I'm not going to be able to beat this game. But with that, with Lost Levels, I remember when I was in eight, nine, ten, or whatever, I was like, Jesus Christ, yeah, it's this so is hard. so hard. You know, but it was send you backwards. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, it was like this is awesome. Like, there's a point in that game where you have to commit suicide. You go to a warp zone, and then the only way you can warp is back to world one. And you're like, it's either this or this pit. And you jump in the pit and you die because you're like, I'm not going back eight worlds. This is crazy. <laughs> At least they give yeah. you the pit. Uh, yeah. Oh, you let, maybe you let the yeah, time you run, run out. Yeah, the clock. Yeah. Kill yourself like that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some underappreciated NES games. And uh, so, as you already heard, uh, Sam and Colin specifically were tapped for this episode because, uh, like most of the folks on this podcast, they're huge enthusiasts of the Nintendo uh, Entertainment System back in the day. My and favorite console of all time. Still. There you go. There you go. Wave the finger. I saw still. that. Still. <laughs> and day. no one will ever beat it. It'll never be beat. <laughs> They'll never take that from me. Yeah. It's mine too. Um, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, by a mile. NES Remix is great. And uh, it, it's, it's a fun collection of, you know, sort of classic memories to come back to. But there's always the Nintendo games that, first of all, third parties aren't part of it. But more importantly, the underappreciated set. The Mm -hmm. set that we have fond memories of, but maybe the rest of the world doesn't have those memories. Um, And so I figured that would be a good topic today to talk about. It's a great topic. Um, This could be a topic every week and I'd be on it. I told Jose it's (laughs) my favorite topic ever. 
Yeah, there we go. See, it's pretty I, much I, the only topic. Yeah, yeah. When I, it comes right down to it, I've made a, I've made Sam happy with yeah. this one. Um, so so yeah, let, let's let's go around the room. I mean, I didn't bring many to this discussion, by the way, because uh, I mean, I had a lot of NES games as a kid, mm-hmm. but my parents, uh, my parent, excuse me, my mom played a very safe decisions. Like it was always, I don't know who she was talking to at Toys R Us, but it was the Metroid, the <laughs> Mario Three. Like she, that's cool. I thought you were gonna say like safe is in like totally lame Bible games. No, yeah, yeah like Bible I, adventures. No, or, no yeah. Bible adventures. None of that. She always got me, and wow. I, I love this about my mom. May she rest in peace. Uh, she always got me the games that I that were like. The cover of Nintendo Power, so but she cool. never looked at Nintendo Power, at least while I was mm. looking Lucky. over Nintendo Power. Lucky. So yeah. I didn't really I, have I never got any. those games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got some. The only two that I would bring games. to this discussion are um, Rad Racer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Rad Racer fan, and I'm Do not sure Do you like sure one and why. two? Just one. Um, okay, two has which, really good music. I'm just going to yeah, that. But I, you I can't like, choose the car. Yeah, but I, I like the music in one, and uh, it was more about like... It's a trade-off. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've, I've talked on this podcast before about how in the NES era, one of the things that at least sparked you know my interest in Nintendo games especially was that games started to have soundtracks, and 8-bit sounding games, or the way I recognized them before NES, were just mechanical, and there wasn't really music to what was happening, but you'd play an NES game, and there was you know Super Mario Brothers Diddy. There was even Gyromite had a kick-ass yep, song, you yep. know? Metroids, etc. And Rad Racer wasn't an exception there, and it was one of the few games I had that the the idea of the gameplay was contemporary. It was a race. You were racing from point A to point B. God knows the city and the horizon oh, line so beautiful. never changed. <laughs> but it, it was felt pretty, really cool. The night yeah. levels. Yeah, and yeah, it would turn to night. Cool. And, uh, and if, you you would... dr- if you drive for 10 hours, you get to it. Well, yeah, yeah and if you, that's something that's something your older brother would tell you. <laughs> and I knew that in real life you couldn't hit a bumper and then wildly lose control of your car the way you remember you'd like slide from oh, left yeah, to right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And depending on how much longer you were on the road, also yeah. a palm tree wouldn't make you probably flip over several times and then write, yeah. write yourself. Yeah, and it wasn't. It, this was what I played before, like Outrun, right? Which took this concept and made it a lot more colorful and a lot more vivid through better graphics and turned it into a date. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's smart. Well, I'm, I'm sure there was a date in that car. You got to use your imagination. You think so? The windows were. Were tinted. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the end, the, 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 girl, the girl comes up with a flag. Oh, that's she comes right. in. She yeah. flags you in. Yeah, that's so the entire ending of the game, too. Yeah, that's just exactly like, it. And even the, remember the 3D glasses that were in it the, with the cheesy little red and blue? Did you ever get that to work? Never. I have a theory that that never worked. Yep. Because Hype the, machine. The, the colors didn't. It's a red and blue, red and blue filter, and you never got that exact red and blue on your screen, so you couldn't really filter it that way. Yeah. I don't get it. It was it was super weird. I, I tried it a bunch of times in the kit, and I just remember like taking the glasses yeah. off, throwing them on the ground. And, also, like, 3D World it. Runner had yeah. those two. Those are the two games. Yeah, that's right. Um, so so that's the one I want to introduce. But why don't you guys? Who wants to go next? Like, what's another underappreciated? Uh, well, Brian shows like one of the top ten most famous games of all time. I did what? Bubble Bobble. That's not one of the top ten most famous games of all time. <laughs> Come on. Bubble Bobble? Like really? That's high in the streets? Everybody loved it. Nobody bubble Bobble was trill for sure. Nobody talks about Bubble Bobble anymore. <laughs> oh, okay, first of all, this is why this topic is kind of skewed because you talk to some people who are like 30-somethings and they go, oh man, you know what I love? You know it's an underappreciated game? It's a real treasure. It's Deadly Towers. And you're like, you're an idiot. You had bad Broader games bun, bro. Yeah, exactly. But there was like, I mean, a lot of people you talk to people nowadays, they bring up NES games that they got as gifts, and you were lucky your yeah. mom made good decisions. But Goonies a lot of people's two, moms. Jaws, those are my gift games. Oh, yeah, Goonies Jaws. 2 is a piece of shit. I'm sorry. People fight for Goonies 2. Goonie, real quick, Goonies my good 2. friend Ryan Scott. I have to battle him on this all the time. Yeah, Just yeah. real quick, I told Sam this. Goonies 2 confused me for literally years. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, where, what the fuck? When did the sequel come out? And why have I never seen the movie? I'd like go to the video store and be like, yeah. Where's Goonies 2? Where's Goonies 2? 
<laughs> and he'd be like, what are you talking about? There's no Goonies sequel. I'm like, but there's an NES game called Goonies 2. And I was I like, what? <laughs> and it has box art that looks like it's based on a movie poster. Yeah, I, was, yeah. So I literally I didn't know until like I 1999. I could imagine the guys in the movie store like looking out the window going, oh, damn, is that Moriarty kidding? Yeah. <laughs> Give him that TV version with the octopus in it. <laughs> I, yeah, I always thought there was like a Goonies 1 video game in Japan because we never got a Goonies 1 video game. There was, yeah. There was? But we didn't yeah. know that. We have. We only got it in the Play Choice machine. I have it. Oh. It's amazing. It's like a it's like a cross between like arcadey Donkey Kong and a Castlevania. It's such a good game. Wow. Yeah, that, that, play, that was so ne- that was never reported to us as children. Really no, no, no we, that's what I'm saying. We were totally ignorant yeah. about what was going on over yeah. there. No, I'm it serious, the man. There was like growing up. There was like there was a uh, it was like the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny, professional wrestling, Santa Claus, and then finding out Super Mario Brothers Two was a lie. That was the top five biggest bullshit lies you could tell a kid in the '80s. Was that? It was difficult. So one of my favorite games of all time is Bubble Bobble. And I'm sorry. This is the first I've ever heard of that being something that's like... Wasn't that in our like, top 20 NES games? Yeah, it is now. In a, in a list written by us. <laughs> so it's rated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people in general, most people our age, if you go, hey, write a list of your top 20 NES games, most of them will not say Bubble Bobble, the story about those two dinosaurs that go underwater to the Cave of Secrets to rescue their girlfriends, and five levels in realize they don't remember who their girlfriend were. It's not even about that. My favorite. It's, the reason it's one of my favorite games of all time is because Bubble Bobble perfectly balanced co-op and competitive gameplay between oh, yeah. two players. And I feel like you gotta eat that food. Yeah, almost no games really did that like this at the time, where you're like, we're working together, but I'm also constantly screwing my friend over. You get Ice Climber. For, yeah. for points. Ice Climber did it. Ice Climber was a piece of shit. You need to back <laughs> that up. Ice Climber is, is <laughs> absolutely not. Is, uh, it's one of the worst. <laughs> no, no. It Ice Climber remix. Ice Climber is one of the worst experiences it, you it can have with a television remix, so or it matters. controller. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight everyone on this. That a was, game that was about jumping where you can't jump. Where you no, no, not where you can't jump. Where you don't jump well, or where like Ice the clipping you would like pass if, through. If all the food at McDonald's was made of rocks. Hey, you, you know, know what? what? I, all I want to do is eat. You know what the can't internet taught me? Haters want to hate. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, ice climbers isn't terrible, but ice climbers reminds me of going to my grandma's house when I was a kid. Her neighbor was like our age, yeah, and he had he was one of those kids that had every NES game, and uh-huh. we, I would always go to his house and we'd go into the basement and like he had like all, the whole shelf and the thing. We and that's when I was introduced to ice climbers. Like, what in the Hell is this game? You know, like, I was like angry about it. Yep. I'm like, what is this game? It was like 1988 or something like that. And I'm awful. like, I just want to play Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, and it, you got to buy it a commander. Because that was the that was the kid that introduced me to Mega Man. Two yep. and uh, uh, Ice Climber. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And my favorite thing about Bubble Bobble is that all the power ups and all the items in that game they're all food. It's all snacks. It's like pretzels and, and then there's like candy canes. A, then there's like a weird <laughs> crucifix. Oh, and then there's weird religious like. Then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, hey, and here's a book. Here's a Satan book. And it kills everything. Have a lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that even made it in, just considering Nintendo yeah. was really quick to it be like, It made no sense. Nope. And it's one song for t- yeah. over 200 levels. But it's a g- goddamn you, great once song. Once you beat the first 100 <laughs> levels, yeah. it starts over again. And it plays it for 100 levels. And then when you beat the 100th level, they go, here's 60 more levels. I'm just, sometimes I consider us lucky we got a crucifix in Castlevania. That's what I was going to say. Castlevania was the one they turned a blind eye to in like a major way. I don't know. No, why or how? No, they covered up it. some of it. We talked about it when we had that episode. Yeah, like, but, uh, but not all. But like, they still the, had the, the rosary they and like get that uh, far. you could you pr- like pr- at the church sorry. in Castlevania too, and then yeah. you pray at the, the cross. 
house in the beginning of Castlevania Three. There's like, oh, yeah, you, yeah, you kneel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every now and then, get, there, there was a, there was a titty in Mega Man Three. <laughs> <laughs> there's a raccoon with giant balls in uh, Super Nintendo. That's games. true. Yeah, that's true. I, don't, so, I never understood that. My the Tanuki balls. <laughs> yeah. they're all over these weird Super Nintendo games. Yeah, this like, just uh, got dark. Gate, <laughs> Sorry, if you have kids, so, take them away from this podcast now. <laughs> now you can bring them back. We're good. We're good. They're gonna it's a reality of life. You're yeah. going to learn one way or the other. You just go to a yard in Japan. They have them all over. <laughs> so um, it's true. It's like a, it's like their lawn gnome is yeah, the tanuki yeah. with no, giant yeah. nuts. Yeah, that's right. Um, so the, my favorite thing about Bubble Bobble is that uh, if you play a co-op, you can, that's the only way to see the real ending. Yeah. And to do it on the 99th level, you have to have one person get a key yep. and one person get a door. Yep. And then, like, it goes to, like, seizure graphics, and then there's, like, these secret levels after it. And it's so cool. But like, they never tell you no, that. No, I didn't know that until I was, like, in most, college. Most people beat level 99. The same way they do everything else. They kill everything with the bubbles. And the boss is hard. And then the boss is impossible, and you beat it, and it goes... And it's like, you got bad end. Go to door find. And yeah. you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't learn the secret of happiness and, and friendship. Yeah. So if you beat the game alone, you get the bad ending no matter what, because like one of the girlfriends just dies on the vine. And you're like, you better get some friends. Like the game actually insults you. It's it like, doesn't come back really happen. Friend. Yes, it does. They she get really mad die. at you. She doesn't live. <laughs> she doesn't exist. <laughs> wow. She neither lives nor dies. Yeah. All right. So someone else. What, what else we got? What other games you guys want to talk about? Underappreciated. Um... I have three, but my the first one I, I brought was uh, Fester's Quest. Oh, now there's man. a lot of haters about this game. There's a lot of haters <laughs> about Fester's Quest. But what what I what I you know and that's I love fine. The point. I know it's so good. <laughs> but what bothers me about Fester's Quest was that was one of the games more than many others. Not the only one that did it, but that made you, that made you feel this. really really good when you beat it. You could beat it in like an hour if you know Nobody what you're doing. Nobody here beat it. Uh, well, we, my, my brother definitely beat it when we were, when we were kids, There's for sure. There's a good Nintendo Power issue. That's um, with it, actually. But I never beat it, personally. Yeah. Um, but I loved playing it. What I liked about it, it was different because it... it it's like this kind of top-down kind of you're exploring the town, and the enemies, and there's like all these weird glitches and like uh, obnoxious shit, like the the, the the slimes that come back over and over again, all that kind of stuff. But then you go into the houses and like it, then it's first person, and you're like going through the houses, then you just randomly run into like bosses Goody's and stuff. Too. Yeah, and and or Friday uh, the Thirteenth. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> and I love that the, the game. I just remember the game felt good when you understood it, like. We would, this was a game we would rent, and you you would put it in, you get a little further, and yeah, the game kicked you back to the beginning when you died, and like all this kind of Even stuff. Even though it was a Zelda like and really long, yeah, it's strange. It, it just the, something about Fester's Quest. I was just like, that a lot of people really hate that game, like vehemently hate it. I liked it when it was but good. like, it, first of all, it comes from Sunsoft, which is I think the most underrated developer slash you know publisher in the NES era. Uh, not the best, but certainly the one that no one talks about. They had the especially, Looney Tunes license, especially because Batman, which is the which is so 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 very good, and another right. game they did, which we'll talk about in a little while. Uh, but yeah, just like Fester's Quest, I, I think that that game could could use another go, another look from people today, just mm-hmm. to see like what they were trying to do. Yeah, use the Adams Family license, which is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, like it had it used Fester, which is probably the most irrelevant of Let anyone me tell in that you cast. Fester was the creepiest member of that family. Like he's just like even visually, creepier than the hand. To me, yeah. No, it was, was the woman covered in in hair, head to toe. 
what was her name? Oh, uh, cousin, cousin it. Cousin, cousin it. Yeah. That was that the creepiest. Was that was yeah. horrible. Well, I don't know. I just found Fester like grotesque looking. So I, I just remember looking at the hammer. I don't know. But uh, I knew people who liked it. So yeah, I'm I mean, it, 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 it just that. kind of filled me with wonder as a kid. You like, get a good spread gun in that game. Yeah, well, you can get a whip and all this. Like, like it was like once you got far enough that you felt more powerful. And I just it felt it, it filled me with wonder in the sense that there's this kind of expansive inventory. And yeah, the game's a little archaic and kind of even broken a little bit. But like. I like that game a lot, and and it's certainly not one of the best NES games by any stretch of the imagination, or even like a great NES game, but certainly an underrated NES game. Fester's Quest. You mentioned right. something very interesting, uh, which was that like you you know your brother could sit down and beat that game in an hour, and there was like something really awesome about that. I remember like going to school and having a crappy day and coming home and beating Ducktales in forty five minutes and just being like, <coughs> man, that was incredibly rewarding. Now on to dinner. You know, like, you can't really do that with games so much anymore, and I actually kind of miss that. I, mi- I miss being able to sit down and playing a game like Fester's Quest from start to finish in under an hour and being like, there's the credits, I did it, I beat the game. Yeah, I mean, to me, I don't know if you beat it in an hour. I was saying you can beat it in an hour. I went back and watched, uh, there's a guy that puts up uh, playthroughs on, uh, like, full playthroughs, not commentator or anything, he just plays uh, NES games on YouTube. Uh, and I went and looked for his I'm for sure Fester's Quest. There's more than one guy. Well, but, but like, he, he he's, his is the top search. Every time you search for just Fester's Quest or you search for anything, it's yeah. always his stuff first. Every time you um, and, search for Fester's Quest. Yeah, like he, he puts like the numbers in brackets, he does them in order. I don't know, I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, you're talking about uh, Crontendo? I don't think that's what it is, but oh, okay. it's... it's. Uh, but he just plays the games from front of back, he's really good at them. He, and I watched some of his Fester's Quest playthrough um, just to kind of, you know, jog my memory about some of the things that I was forgetting about it. And he beat it in like 56 minutes, and I was like, I didn't know you could beat it that quickly. Wow. But I remember my brother had loose leaf papers that were stapled together, uh, and he would write down the games he beat. On him, and I think he still has it somewhere, or whatever. And and that was, cool. and so like, and so like, you st- really cool. and you would just write them in order um, that he beat them, or whatever. Um, Fester's Quest was one of those games, and and yeah, I just have fond memories of that game. I don't think it's a great game. It's mm-hmm. definitely not a game I'd go back and like really want to play. Like I'd want to play Castlevania Three or even some of the other games I'm about to mention, which I think are actually amazing games. But yeah, I think that's an underrated one. All right, go ahead, Sam. What do you got? All right, so picture a, ca- a cabin that kind of looks like an outhouse. And a giant disembodied head flies out of it, and then and then the the head turns out to be really big and destroys a city. That's a little game called Zombie Nation. Yeah, that game's so weird, ah. man. That game's so weird. By the one-off developer, Meldak. <laughs> what? That's their name? Meldak, just like the planet from Alf, Melmac with the D. <laughs> Meldak. So, Meldak. Yeah, Zombie Nation is a, a really. It's not that late, but it's 1998 NES game. That I never played at the time. But I found the cart uh, a while ago, and uh, it's it's really actually incredible. It has like rampage style deformation of buildings, so it's like it, you know whatever you hit, it's like that part of the building like blows away. It's like amazing looking on the NES. Mm-hmm. It's like it'll be a big skyscrapers, and you're flying through them, and there's all these like beams of spotlights in the background and stuff. And basically, you're a big samurai head that like fires something out of his forehead and kills stuff. Doesn't make any sense, but it's not a, that too much of a B game. It's just in theme it is because the game actually plays pretty nicely. And there's these little people all over, and you're just destroying them and killing them. But apparently they're zombies. I don't. But know you what, can't tell. When I you're... don't know what the samurai head has to do with it. But he he, <laughs> he he appears in a wishing well in the beginning, and he's very. It's a very big head. Oh God! That's I, about I, all I can I tell mean, you. About I miss games. Also had could just one do of that. the most amazing box art yeah. you'll ever yeah. see, <laughs> ever. Wow! I'm, I'm not making this up. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, funky, the graphics man. are really cool, and it's and it's fun to play, and it's just like totally crazy. What happened? And to it Meldak? came to America. I mean, I don't know. Meldak's showing on that Zombie Nation royalty check. That was it. That's all they needed. On Melmac. That's my that's my album. <laughs> uh, I remember. Really? So, 
So I remember in 2008 <laughs> when, when we were making the NES, the best NES games of all time list, um, I think it was 2008 or 2009, and you and I were on that. This that, is number 100. Yeah, and we were, and there were certain games that we had never heard of or we were playing. And I remember we had a PSP with an emulator so that everyone can like kind of experience some of these games, make sure we knew, like remembered them properly and weren't filled with just nostalgia and stuff like that. And this yeah. is one of those games I'm like, what the hell is <laughs> Like, I've heard of almost and played most, I think, NES games that yeah. were released in the United States. And I was like, I don't know what the hell this is. I never, I don't remember that box. I don't remember this mm-hmm. theme. I don't remember anything about this game. I don't remember this game being in Nintendo Power. You know, I don't remember the game being in Nintendo Power either. Yeah, like, I remember I, I, we talked a lot about Little Samson at the time, too, because that's another, mm-hmm. like, super obscure game that's actually really good. But, yeah, that game wasn't bad. It reminded me of that. What was that other game we discussed? It's not one of the games we're going to discuss, but remember, what was it called? Galaxy 8000 or something like that. Remember, it was like Abidox. a... Abadox is. We, we, we dug up the friggin' some of the obscure ones. Yeah. Uh, we gotta start with Abadox. It's the first game on the list. Yeah, yeah. Well, Actually, yeah, we gotta do Six and one is Caltron six and one, but in, in terms of alphabetizing. That's a good choice, I think. Okay. I'll stop now. So uh, I just did a little searching next. on Meldak. <laughs> and if Wikipedia is to be believed, I just wanna put this out there. Uh, Meldak is a Japanese music and video game company. Uh, apparently, they produce albums for Jennifer Love Hewitt called Love Songs and another album called Jaywalk. And they made games on the Nintendo Entertainment System, including Zombie Nation, U.S. Championship Volleyball. I never heard of Heyanko Alien, Heikyo Alien. I don't know what that is. King of Rally, Super Pinball, and uh, Astro Go-Go. Just putting that out there. I don't think that is the weirdest Wikipedia page anyone has ever yeah, written. I, just, I, I almost don't believe it. I'm like, and Love Songs from Jen- <laughs> what, what, what? I believe it. Yeah. It exists. So All right. The game is great. Good choice. I'm not gonna say great, but it's, it's, it's good. It's significant because it's it's. I think it's the weirdest NES game. It is bizarre. That yeah, chubby it sounds absolutely bizarre. Yeah. All right, Brian. Good. Oh, what's it's another one. Yeah. Um, what's another one? So I'm gonna name a little game called Life Force. Oh, that's a good and one. I don't that's know. That's not obscure. Salamander, right? No one played Life Force. That was like the best game. Everybody Why? Because played. Because a, a bunch of it man babies in the 30s too. two years ago put it in the top 25 best things. That I had that remember. game when I was a kid, but I didn't know anyone else that really had it. I have a sealed copy of it. Nice. You're you're an anomaly. You're not you're not part of the <laughs> you regular. Have a sealed group. copy of Life Force. That's fucking baller, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. It was called. It what was it called in Japan? Salamander. Is Sal- yeah. in Europe? I thought it was called that. Yeah, Salamander is I think a different game in the arcades in America. But there's also Gradius 2, which is a different game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of confusing. I'd have to look it up at this point, actually. Mm. But yeah, so, those are... Force. That was it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it came out there. Right? So yeah. Life Force was kind of like a way better Gradius. Wow, and no it, one got mad at me for that. No, I, Sweet. Uh, nice. You could have heard a pin drop after it, that. Oh, keep going. so good. It had co-op. That <laughs> yeah. was the big deal. It had co-op. Again, that was like a running theme for me. I really liked games with co-op back in the... Great life I had, I had two younger brothers, so if you could... If, you, if my mom could get us a game that could get two of us or three of us staring at the screen at the same time and not, like, breaking windows and shit like that, then <laughs> that, that was a win. So uh, Life Force was amazing because it was side-scrolling and top-down, and the levels alternated. It was sort of like if Contra was in a ship and not just a man, or two men with jeans on. <laughs> um, and it had or without the, jeans on. Or without jeans, ooh. Uh, and it had the Konami code. And Chowaniki. Contra Continue. was one of those games where... I knew people that could sit down and beat Contra without the Konami code, and they were crazy good at that game. But Life Force was one of those games that if you could beat Life Force without the Konami code, like you should be making video games. Yeah, Life Force is tough. Life Force is hard as hell. It's also like it didn't really have a theme that made sense, which was kind of interesting about it. Like some levels 
it would it was taking place in space, and on some levels you were inside of a giant human body, and then you were just like yeah, it's the same fighting. Idea as Gradius. There's kind of like weird space junk that you're. And then you were like, oh, we better fight the pyramids. <laughs> like it didn't make any sense. Yeah. And so at the cool. end, typical NES ending. That spoilers. Something blows up, and you know Lance and Ricky or whatever in their ships <laughs> fly away. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the final level is really interesting because it's actually like a robot yep. landscape, like a giant Death Star type thing. Mm-hmm. and uh, It ends in a speed and run. And you go faster. Yeah. Like it, your, your ship's going to overdrive. Yeah, it, it goes Super incredibly cool. fast. It's got this sort of like Metroid-esque escape sequence yeah. where everything goes really quick and you're, and you're rushing out of there as fast as possible and everything blows up. But it's got a cool sort of level up system. Like uh, every seventh enemy that you hit in the line drops a power up. You can get it and you can choose to catch that power up in whenever you want. So you can use it on speed. You can use it on ripple or like spread or, you know, missiles around you or in, in vulnerability and stuff like that. So eventually you get this ship that's like completely maxed out on every level and you crash into something once and you lose everything so i always played it with the 30 man code because you pretty much had to and mm-hmm. i don't know if that's sexist to say 30 man code but no yeah. it's it, it, well so what i what life force invokes with me that's one of my brother's favorite games um and again people know if they've, they've heard me talk about it, like my brother was like everything to me when i was a kid in terms of like well a lot of things but in terms of nes like i learned everything i know about nes from him and yeah. uh, you know like we played together and he taught me about all these great games, and Life Force was like his shit. He loved that game so much. Um, and what I remember about Life, you know, so there are NES games like Ninja Gaiden, where like or Gaiden. Sorry, I'm always going to call it Ninja Gaiden. Though. Me too. Uh, where the, 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 I call it Ninja the Gaiden. Ninja, the cutscenes in Ninja Gaiden are fucking horrifying, right? Yeah. Like they used to scare the shit out of me, yep. right? Like and the demon stuff. Like, yeah, like like when you saw uh, what the, what's the bad guy's name in Ninja Gaiden? I can't remember. The purple dude. Yeah, yeah. And you see him for the first time, I'm like holy no shit. Yeah, like, they're really dark. Like, and they have, like, they're like, box. I was like, I was like horrified. And then like in Castlevania, like there's like literal horror where it's kind of got like an atmosphere, or whatever. I felt like Life Force felt ominous to me when I was yeah, a kid. Like man. there was a real yeah. ominous feel to that game. I'm not sure like what it was. It seemed like it was slow and deliberate and like. It was a pretty game, yep. but like I just felt like the, the game had a horror feel where it probably mm. didn't have a horror feel. Like I felt like it was. I felt that s- way about Legendary Wings. I was like freaked out by that game. Did you it's play a, that? Yeah, game? that's a good game. You know, you go inside, that mouth would open mm. up, you get swallowed, then your inside guts. Yeah. Did you ever play that? Yep. Same idea. That's really strange. So that's that's well, that's what it invokes for Life Force invokes yeah, that for me. I felt like if you were a kid in the '80s and you walked into a store and you pointed at Life Force and you took a risk on that box, and that box was basically a spaceship. It's a dragon fighting, on fire. Fighting a, a snake dragon surrounded by fire. Yeah. Uh, if you took a risk on that, like you were gonna grow up to be a real man someday, because <laughs> <laughs> you were like, you know what, I'm gonna do this. Like you probably, you're probably covered in tattoos now, or you're in prison somewhere, mm-hmm. or you're me on this show. Yeah. Um, I, it was just a fantastic game. If you, have, I think it, I think it really holds up still. So well, if you have a, a chance, and it's a shooter. Yeah, it's an, it's, it's like a comp. It's not, it's a one of the best shooters ever yep. made. Like yep. it's just like yep. if you can play it the right way mm-hmm. without using the code, then you were prepared for a genre. Yeah, because totally. every game is based on that and Gradius. Yep. I mean, those yeah. are in the scramble and stuff like sure. that. Yep. Ninja Gaiden's bad guy, Jacchio, I think was his name, right? Oh, All right. yeah, that's there right. Uh, Not a scary name. Yeah, by the way, there's probably someone in prison somewhere writing Life Force fan fiction <laughs> to pass the time. All right. About Ricky and Lance. Ricky and Lance or whatever. Yeah. I always wonder what those dudes thought when they, they're playing Lance. I'm like, what the fuck the was Vic- that? <laughs> <laughs> in Gradius, it's the Vic Viper. Did you fight that uh, brain with the yeah. eyeball and the hands? Yeah, yeah man, that was crazy. I, like I didn't the, sign up oh, for that's this shit. A good one. <laughs> yeah, I like the the reference to the Vic Viper when they brought that back in. Uh, oh man, what was that? Kojima produced Kojima produced uh, mech like battle. Oh man, Zone Little of the Gear? Enders. No, Zone of the Enders too. They brought back the Vic Viper, but it was like a transformable. It was a transformer. It turned into a, a yeah. big mech robot. Oh, he was also uh, he was also in Konami Crazy Racers, which was a kart racing game yeah. for the Game Boy Advance. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, There's okay. that garbage in, in my mind. <laughs> so I'll quickly throw this one out there, but I don't know if uh, if you guys will remember it. And I don't have much to really say about it, but I do. I did have very fond memories for it because it had, I thought, really cool graphics at the time. Was a Cobra Triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the boat game. Yeah, 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 that was the one. It was isometric perspective. You had a boat on it, so the box had a big dragon coming out of the water, and you know the boat just like rushing towards it, and that's whatever. so everything awesome. God, I yeah. missed that. Yeah, box art was the Everything was a dragon oh, so in, in the late 80s, for sure. Um, but uh, I remember I was always a fan of games where, especially games where you pilot something and can look really good when you did. And even though it was from an isometric perspective, sort of like RC Pro-Am, the idea was that you were just kind of switching, sliding around, getting your shots in. And then when you saw the dragon sprite on screen, it looked really good. And I remember mm-hmm. going, oh, this is really cool looking. And I also just remember it being really hard. And I yeah. think you only had like two moves. Like, Well, there was only two buttons, right, A and B, but like jump and fire. And I don't remember much outside of it, so I'm not going to waste too much time on it. But I do recall having a lot of fond memories for it, and I just don't hear enough about it. And so I didn't realize this until recently. It was made by Rare. Really? Yeah, I, I did, did not, not know that. Yeah, I did not know that. And I think well, that's really cool. They made 60 games for the NES. Yeah, so. RC Program was also one of them. Yeah. I didn't know that. We should do a top 60 rare yeah, NES game. Order them. <laughs> Anticipation number that would 1. That'd be misleading. <laughs> um, there in Cobra Triangle it's kind of interesting because you're actually presented with a series of challenges that's almost like NES Remix. They're like they're short and then they get longer and longer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's not just like an adventure game or something. It's like yeah. go through these. Yep. Yep. I like that. Cool. All right, so Colin, take it over to you. Uh, Journey to Silius is my next game. Mm. Um, this again? Yeah. So Sam gets so mad because I'm like obs- I'm like borderline obsessed I, with Journey it's to Silius. Funny because we talk about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we do because it's so good. Like a, ter- so, a Terminator game. Right? Yeah. So exactly. So this is a Sunsoft game, and again, totally underrated uh, publisher slash developer. The game was in development, and it was supposed to be a Terminator game. And when the game was being developed towards the tail end, they, you know, whoever owns the rights, Terminator was like, no. We're not doing this anymore. So they had to like redo some of the art assets in the story. So your character some of yeah, so, <laughs> they hired Orson Scott Card. Yeah. So they they the character's name is Jay McRae in the game, <laughs> and uh, so so the game is like really it's short. You Jay can beat McRae. the game really quick. I think it's like five or six stages long. So like the original Castlevania kind of. Um, and if you're good at it, you can get through it pretty quickly. Uh, but the game is like really slick and like really fluid. It's a fun shoot, you know, side-scrolling shooter, um, kind of in the vein of Mega Man. Not nearly as good, but you know, it, it's very similar to that. It feels good. It feels nice. It's hard. You can't choose a level, though, right? You no, you go in left, order. Left right. And what the the hallmark of Journey to Silius um, is the soundtrack. The soundtrack in that game is absurdly good, like Capcom level good. And it doesn't sound like a Capcom soundtrack, but it's that good. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, so it's I can hear the the music in my mind. It's like really deep and like ornate and and very good. Um, so I, I implore people to go and give that game a chance. The, the, the box art's pretty cool for that game. Um, you know, we were betrayed by some... Did call it McRae? No, we call it McRae Cray. <laughs> so uh, the... the uh, Jay McRae. Jay McRae. Uh, the, we, were, we, were, we, were, we were betrayed yeah, we were betrayed by box art a lot when we, when we were kids Deadly we were Towers talk, Deadly Towers is the epitome of that because Deadly Towers is the coolest box art and the worst NES game thank you um, and, and we, I bought here. that game and I have that game Combination is the worst box art and the coolest yeah. NES game <laughs> it's funny how that always works Deadly Towers I have Deadly Towers so like I feel for you mm-hmm. um, with that game but yeah so Journey to Silius is a, is, a, is a great game an authentically great game and and uh, and poor people to go and try to figure out if they can get the cartridge or you know emulate it or whatever it is you do. If you know, I don't know if it's even available right. um, on a virtual console. Or I doubt it. Um, what, is Sun, what happened to Sunsoft? I don't know. Sunsoft like still exists, I think, but I think that they're like not, they haven't done games. I think since the SNES era, I think they, they published made, Lemmings. Yes, 
Um, I think I, I researched them like a little while ago, maybe like a year or two ago. I was just reading about them. And I don't remember like the ins and outs of it, but I think that they did some stuff in the SNES era, maybe up to the mid nineties, maybe with PS one even. They did all the Looney Tunes games. And uh, yeah, they had, yeah, they had the, the Looney Tunes Road license. Runners, Death Valley Rally. And then they disappear. I think they still exist, but I think they're like a holdings company now or something like that. Um, so, like but yeah, I, I, I implore people to go play Journey to Silius because Journey to Silius and Batman are Sunsoft's best NES games and Batman's extraordinary. Like we always talk about how it's so awesome to have a cool Batman game from, you know, for, you know, this cool, great trilogy or at least the first two Arkham games and how bad, you know, people think licensed games were. Well, Batman was authentically awesome on oh my NES. God, yeah. Um, and it's funny that it's, it, it, it took Batman to bring it back you know, Batman was a great license game back in the day. Yep, it's a, it's yep. a great license game again. Um, so, yeah, Journey to Silius. All right. Cool. Sam? You know, I was going to talk about Wizards and Warriors. Oh, but we can't talk about Wizards and Warriors. Yeah, you got to talk about that okay. Fabio cover, man. Okay. Well, let me just end cap the thing. Another <coughs> shooter is Stinger. Mm. And it was another Konami game, and it's really, really good. I had Stinger growing up. I think it's and related to Twin B. Yeah, it's, it is, it, and it's incredible, incredibly weird game. Yeah, the bosses it's, are like a watermelon. And it like was the a, uh, wishing well. It was totally like the cartoon life, lighthearted <coughs> Great Life years. Force, and or it something had this like great that. system for power ups. So you had to shoot these bells, yeah. Then you have to keep them up. Anyway, you, it was a, it was a shmup where you juggled. Yeah, basically. yeah, totally. Yeah. Main boss, the and first it, level was a watermelon that spit seeds at you. Yeah, and then then there's top down and side scroll. Yep, yep. Like, like like force. Yeah, right? or is that all top down? No, no, just, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they switched off. So Wizards and Warriors is a game. It was Rare's second game for the NES after Slalom, which is a black box first party published game. They mm-hmm. made games that early. A company in England made a black box NES game. That blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wild. Why don't you tell folks what a black box is real quick uh, the if they first, don't know. The first round of uh, NES games, Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, Gyromite, Stack Up, Volleyball, Tennis, Baseball, they're all, Pinball, they all come in a black box with just like a blown up version of like a sprite in the game in yeah. a background. Yeah, like and the worst box really, art. I mean, it's yeah. awesome now, but like that is like... Well, no, but it was very deliberate because they didn't want to mislead you with what you were getting, right? Yeah. They basically were showing you, this is what it looks like Okay, <laughs> and that mm-hmm. was you knew by and the they box. Right in a series, there is sports. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know action. Ed- and they had education with Donkey yeah. Kong Jr. Yeah, because because look at Atari. Our, Atari had some of the best box art in some cases, and the game looked nothing like it. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. River Raid. Yeah. But yeah, then they made Wizards Warriors, which had awesome box art. It was a like Conan the Barbarian yeah. knockoff. Actually, I just looked this up. The actual uh, name of this game in England is so funny. Oh, uh, or, I mean, not not in England, in Japan. Do, oh. you have, do you have it pulled up? Uh, yeah, Densetsu no Kishi Elrond. Elrond, yes. Okay, do you know what that means specifically? Is it Wilder, Wizards and Warriors? Well, I know Elrond is... is the elf in uh, Lord of the Rings ah, that there you lives go. in Rivendell. Ah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> which, Way to go, Nintendo. Which you got away with that one. I never nice understood work, the Tolk, Tolkien's there. estate's not paying attention to what's going on over there. <laughs> published by Acclaim. That's who would have paid. Actually, in Japan, it was published by Jalico. Yeah, the first yeah. time I remember even knowing the, the, the company Acclaim, rest in peace. Is it Jalico? I always thought it was Jalico. I called it Jalico, too. I called man. it Jalico. There was the East Coast thing, yeah. you know? Like it was Mario. like Ninja Gaiden. And I grew Gaiden up on the East Coast. The... What are you talking about? No, I called nobody it knows how to pronounce Jalico or Jalico. Nobody, there's no right way to do it. <laughs> it was Jalico. The company's gone. Nobody uh, ever knew. Well, I, called it, I called it Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> Yeah. And, and Ryu. Yeah, Ryu. And I came in here and Ryu, like, Ryu and Ninja Gaiden. Ninja the Gaiden. You guys remember that the, it had the Japanese, but it looks like it says the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys yeah. ever get that? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Wizards of the Warriors, you're, it has really good, cool, like, looking fantasy graphics, and they have, like, a big level you can explore one at a time, like, like a big, explorable XY area, you know? Like, it, and then you, there's, like, you know, you start in a forest and you go underground, and it has really cool music, but uh, you're this knight, and the knight is animated really well. His name yeah. is Kuros. 
and it's just like the whole look of that game looks like a high-end PC game from that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it just yeah. looks amazing. It looks really good. And it also it's, like, it's you, really early. It's like you mentioned music. That's another game that really only had like two or three songs in it. <laughs> like that it, was it. It's it was weird. Once you like kind of you can figure out the game by like you have to get a key and you have to go in a door. Like there's stuff like that, but you just find that in the level. It's not too difficult. So, but, but once you get everything, it plays like a victory song, and it's so good. The, the reason yeah. you can figure out everything in that game is because it did something that was completely different from NES games at the time, which was. It gave you lives, but they didn't really matter. Yeah. Like, you would die, and you'd start right where you died, and then you'd get a game over, and it'd be like, Thou Hoth died. And you'd hit start, and you'd come right back where you were. Like, you never had to go back to the title screen. So, basically, you could play because the game for... Because it was for, more puzzle-based. Yeah, game. totally. And, it, you know, there was a blue key, a pink key, and a red key in every yeah. level. And you, and just you know had this a, game. Yeah. Oh, my nice. God. I played it like crazy. When, when, you, when you said you were going to talk about it, it was like, that's one that is not on my list because it's on yours. Um, I played the shit out of Wizards and Warriors. Did you <laughs> like, play the sequel? Iron Sword or whatever? Yeah, that was the one with Fabio on the cover, so I yeah. misspoke earlier. That was the one that's... So who, wait, who was on the cover of the first on one? On the cover of the original was Mark. This is a generic... Animated, uh, yeah, yeah, generic, generic thing. It's a generic looking guy. Of yeah. course, you're covered in, in armor, though, so I don't get that. Does and Fabio... No. When yeah. you die, it's the best animation. You get knocked on your back, and your legs swings over uh, the edge of the level. Oh yeah, it's really so, crazy. So yeah, like that, you're you're dead, and you your legs all limp. Uh, it's like oh, gro- I do remember that. There's oh, really that gross cool. ways to die in that game. Like you can get destroyed by bees. Like uh, uh, you hit a beehive, and like 50 mm-hmm. bees just hitting you. And it's like and your leg twitches. It's yeah. it's really nasty. <laughs> no, but the cover to Iron Sword also got. Did it get a Nintendo Power cover? I want to say it did. Uh, no, it has. The, it came with the game came with a poster, and then oh, Nintendo Power had a poster of. also. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. All right, yeah, in, case, in case you were poster. eight years old and you wanted a man <laughs> in his underwear holding a sword. My on friend your just wall. got. Conan <laughs> the Barbarian was in its peak around that that's time. True, that was smart true. marketing. My, my buddy right just there. got his uh, poster signed by Fabio. Oh, his Iron okay. Sword poster. That's awesome. Really cool. <laughs> that's I wonder what Fabio was thinking when he signed it. That is a weird footnote on his career. Is that like once a year? It, there's an hour where there aren't giant old fat ladies being like, remember that romance novel you did? And it's just a giant old fat gamer dude. And he's like, hey, remember the Wizards of Warriors too? And he's like, oh, God. Remember that bird <laughs> hit you in the face? Yeah, remember that time a bird hit you in the face? That on the was coaster? the best. One of life's greatest <laughs> moments. One I of remember the greatest the things goose exploded on Fabio. <laughs> one of the most amazing, on a roller coaster, yeah. one of the most amazing things the- that has ever happened in the history of humanity. Isn't there a picture yeah. of him bleeding when he yes. gets off of it? Well, and he's, he's surrounded by models. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. My apologies go out to any yeah. of uh, Fabio's friends and family listening. <laughs> oh, he was fine. He was fine. He's Fabio. He was fine. And I bet you Fabio's friends and family was like, wait a minute, Fabio, what happened to you this weekend? And he's like, I was on a roller coaster and a dove crashed into my nose. And they were probably like, that is hilarious. <laughs> that's one of the. I'm like, I'm, come on. I mean, that is like that is that is a game of Clue where you're like, uh, Fabio on the roller coaster with the bird. That's the best combination of things that has ever happened. And the Are sequel to, to Wizards and Warriors, and some somewhat in Wizards and Warriors, they did this thing that Mega Man Two did the best, also, where they took a big animal. And in Wizard Wars 2, it was like this big god that you talk to, like a big frog, or like this like wind god, or there's a big eagle, and they just drew this giant background art thing, like the lion. Mm. Or the fish in Mega Man mm-hmm. Two, right? And it's just like it was beautifully designed yeah. and just like big and colorful and awesome. And it's just like that was when the NES hit its graphical like masterpiece. Era. <clears throat> yeah, I just love that. There was an awesome power up in Wizards and Warriors called uh, it was like the cloak, the, the cloak of disappearing or something. <laughs> And yes. you just straight up turn invisible. Yeah. You cannot see your character. You're jumping around. You're hiding. I just love the how the name didn't hide that at all. Oh, no. Yeah. There was no <laughs> You knew what you were getting. Yeah, yeah exactly. You got power yeah. up, so you jump higher and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. It was like, now, that was a yeah. really good looking game. I'll never forget seeing either ads or, or uh, either on television or still at, like 
pictures inside of magazines of that game and going, wow, that night looks amazing. And it was like, another, it was, like, so it, was like, it was like you mentioned before, it was another one of those games with like really dark, weird themes. Like you'd beat a boss and it would go like, and there'd be a woman hanging from yeah. a rope by her yeah, arms. Like yeah. she's just been strung up there for years and you'd come in and you'd cut her down and she'd hit the ground and it'd be like, you saved Esmeralda. And she's like, oh fuck, thank you so much. <laughs> and you just walk by and be like, yeah, later, bitch. And you go on to the next one. Like it was so weird. Yeah, yeah. It was so weird. All right, so uh, let's let's yeah. uh, get uh, one or two more in, and then we got to move on because we actually went over. But I do want a special uh, Colin and uh, Sam to participate in question block segment real fast after okay. this. Yeah. So, any more games left that we want to cover real fast? Yeah, real quick. I just want to give a quick shout out to my third game was baseball. Baseball stars uh, there from you go. SNK. Mm. Now, the thing about baseball stars is that that game was extraordinarily ahead of its time for sports games, and like I mean, like significantly ahead of its time. Um, think about. NHL games, for instance, pop, NHL 94 is a very popular game, right? So uh, Baseball Stars came out in 1989. When you played NHL 94, it was exhibition mode, and you can play playoffs, but you had to keep the system on. Otherwise, it would forget everything. There was no season mode. There was no, like, nothing, right? Baseball Stars had season mode. You can create your own teams. You paid your own teams. You it's could crazy. upgrade your players. You yep. can, it was extraordinary. Like, that game is so... Good. That is still is that, one of did the it have gr- real stats. Was it real people? No. So it wasn't real people. It wasn't licensed. There was like lovely lady ladies was one of the yep. teams. It had female characters, which was cool. Was that the uh, one of the bunny? The bunny. The baseball game of the was it? I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe one of the teams might have been like that. Yeah. The label baseball green rabbit. with like red writing on it? No, no. It was it was like yellow and blue the box. And it had like oh, a, just okay. a normal dude playing so baseball. many damn baseball um, games. But the, I mean, baseball stars to me is arguably the single best sports game of all time. Simply because it's really fun. It's a very fun game to play. But it was so ridiculously deep. Like mm-hmm. the minutia of that game was unbelievable. Paying like you had a payroll. You can, like, pay your players. You can, like, make a player or trade, like, get rid of players and hire new players. And yeah. it had, like, a whole – it would keep your stats for your season and your individual stats, your RBI, your home runs, your singles, yeah. all that kind it's, of stuff. I was like, I was like, this is awesome. It's nuts when you compare it to, like, baseball, which was, like, the Nintendo-made right. NES game. Which or was RBI just, baseball. Or RBI baseball. Which just plays great, but it's just simplistic. Yeah, yeah it was exactly. so simple. I mean, a lot of the sports games back then. So every now and then you'd get one like that that was just like, wow, these guys went in deep. It was I mean, it was unbelievable. Like, yeah. the, like they had a battery in it, so, you know, it saved all this stuff. And I, I'm sure that's a reason why some of these other games didn't, you know, you, you had to charge a little bit more to get that. But it really wasn't, like, sports games, because I played every year on SNES. I played NHL every year. I bought Madden every year. And then I'd buy random baseball games like uh, Roger Clemens, MVP Baseball, whatever mm-hmm. the hell that was called. Yeah. And so I played a lot of sports games at that time, and it really took like seven or eight years for for games to literally catch up to what Baseball Stars was doing on the NES. Yeah. You know, um, I really like go and play Baseball Stars. I think it's available. You buy it. On, I, I don't know if it's on Virtual Console. You can play it on PSP. I think okay. the, the Neo Geo version of it. There you go. Um, uh, and um, does it look? I think really it's different? like it's. I think it's just like prettier graphics, but the same idea. Um, oh. And Baseball Stars Two was a sequel that was definitely not as good at all. Um, very similar to Metal Gear Two. Uh, yeah. So. Baseball Stars. Really, re- Baseball Stars to me is an extraordinary, really one of my favorite NES games. Um, okay. And uh, I really just love the history of it in terms of like how it just embarrassed every other sports game for oh, yeah. years. Sure, yeah. sure. Years. Yeah, yeah. I think it wasn't until NHL 96 on SNES or Genesis that it even had a battery in it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Like, so it's like, damn, like, take your notes, man. Yeah, because right? SNK was schooling EA. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's why right. I want to bring cool. up Baseball Stars. Sam, you want to toss out one more or are we good? Uh, well, I just, in terms of like, the 25 baseball games that exist. There's also a really good game called Dusty Diamonds All-Star Softball, which is like also has it's like about a bunch of like backyard kids, but they're monsters. And each level, it's like Zombie Nation all over again. Mm-hmm. It's for me right here. Uh, 
like one of the levels has like a big cliff you can fall off of and like I don't know it's just like a fantasy crazy baseball game okay. nobody does stuff like that anymore you know yeah like the fantasy sports games yep. uh, super dodgeball is also really yep cool. yep or they had ones with robots I remember that too uh, I, I have 200 games to recommend. I'll keep yeah. it in it. One bootleg game. Let me do one bootleg game. Uh, B52. It's a really cool silver cart bootleg game that has, like, it's like a side-scrolling game where every you're, like, in a macro environment, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like a macrocosm, so, like, all the grass blades are huge and stuff okay. like that. I really like stuff like that. And, and the, the, the soundtrack good. is Rome if you want to? No? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rock Lobster. Yeah. There you um, go. Yeah, and, and we wrote it years ago, and we probably should update it. We should actually maybe schedule to update it. Uh, but you can read the top 100 NES games of all time on IGN. There you go. Um, you can read my top 400 games of all time on IGN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> you went, we, we took different tacks on that. I went, I did 25, but like very deep. Yeah, you kicked and, it off. And, and then you just didn't write, write anything, and you just wrote a list of games. There it you go. It was hard. All right, so let's, uh, let's take a quick break for you listeners. And when we come back, uh, special question block, real fast, lightning round. Here we go. So, uh, Colin, Sam, since it's your first time participating, so the question block is a bi-weekly sort of question segment we do. Readers send in questions all the time, but in order to be efficient and also challenge ourselves a little bit to give the best answer possible, we put a timer on, four minutes. So in four minutes, we got to get this question done. So it's about jumping in and, you know, just kind of making your argument. Um, and it was inspired by uh, the work of some really cool folks over at 1UP, and I decided to keep it alive, and some listeners helped us rename it. So now... We're in the question block. First question comes from Alex. What do you think of Mr. Sakamoto's recent comments about creating a new entertainment? How many new emotions can he possibly bring to video games? And what do you think it spells the end of the, um, excuse me, do you think it spells the end of the Metroid series? As he said, he's possibly not directing it anytime soon. Now, to give you guys context before we begin, Sakamoto told CVG, and Sakamoto, in case you don't know, Yoshio Sakamoto was the producer and director on some of the most important Metroid games, from the original to Super Metroid. Um, he was involved with Zero Mission and also Fusion. He's been involved in Other M, actually, was produced by him, um, which a lot of folks know is a very divisive game. So asked on if he plans to return to working to more traditional games, he told them, I don't intend to do so. Um, I do not intend to do so. There might, be curr- uh, there might currently be various tasks I may be involved in with past series. However, even if so, I would like to introduce new entertainment and new fun to those series. This might be indirect, but it may take... Uh, if we can make new types of games, uh, new types of gamers enjoy video games for the first time through Tomodachi Life, then they may eventually become interested in more conventional games. I would like to challenge myself to do that. So, let's go. What do you guys think? Is Sakamoto done with Metroid? I hope not. I mean, I think that there's lessons all over the industry. You better stick to what people like. And uh, I think Castlevania is the newest example of that. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, Konami finally let, you know, Ig out of his dungeon just for him. Well, to, he let himself Yeah, out. well, just and then he was, you know, he, you know, and then he was gone. And now he's going to make a game that he should have been making all along when Mercury Steam was making Castlevania games that people didn't want. So yeah. be mindful of that. I like Sakamoto's games. He's never been involved in any of the best Metroids. Yeah, um... Well, I, I think he has, but like I think Prime? that... Fo- yeah, he's, oh, yeah, yeah well, you... Yeah, that's right. You are... I would... I would. Uh, I like Zero context. Mission and the three Prime games better than any other. Are you, a prime, are you a prime dude? Kind I of? like Prime 1, but I, I still think Super Metroid's the best yeah, one. I also I'm think... Like Ma- did, he, did he do Metroid 2? 
Uh, he may uh, not entirely because sure, that's actually, an extraordinary game that. too, especially yeah. for that hardware. Sp- speaking of Game Boy, that little guy right there. Um, so I just want to toss out there because I went to uh, Sakamoto had a GDC presentation a couple years ago. I want to say maybe 2010, and he was talking about so Sakamoto <clears throat> as a as a producer and a director, he has a very wide palette of things he's worked on. He worked on the WarioWare games. He was one of the guys uh, working on Talent Studio, Tomodachi Life, which I don't know if you saw on the site, but it was yep. sort of like a weird, quirky social game. He takes inspiration from films like Dario Argento and, and other weird like That was things. a really interesting interview. When yeah, and about so that. hearing him and that specific that? He GDC presentation, oh, so that presentation was just kind of letting you know, hey, this guy has a wide palette of experiences and things he likes to do, but he was involved with Metroid at one point and he made some really good games. Um, I think that it's good for him to not be tied to Metroid, honestly. I think that if a team like Retro can jump in the way they did with a different producer, it was Tanabe, it was not Sakamoto, and make a good series, which they did. They nailed it on the first game, Metroid Prime. Yeah, Prime's I think another game. developer could do that. Totally. I do see your point, Colin, that maybe he should stick to what people like, but the last time he tried, and I don't know if it was Team Ninja's fault or his own, that story or that gameplay didn't really jive as well. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I almost think so like maybe I, I it's a graceful I exit. I, I feel you on what you're saying because I know that like in some cases like, you know, no one's going to make a better Castlevania than the dude who invented it, right? And I don't think anyone's going to make a better Mega Man than the dude who invented it. But I also think that it, like no creator should be forced at gunpoint to kind of like have to do the same thing forever. And if it lets him branch out and do stuff like WarioWare or Tomodachi, whatever it is, yeah. I think that's cool. But that's knowing, like, I still think that that means that we have to know in the back of our heads that that franchise is being left in good hands and with good people. And it wasn't last time. And that might have been his fault. And like you said, it might have been Team Ninja's, Team Ninja's fault. But Metroid's problem more and more is that those games don't sell well. And they're they're hot with people like us. I mean, you have a Metroid shirt on right now. I love Metroid games. But to, to see those come back, it's kind of like F-Zero. Like, we love them more than they actually really sell. So I don't really see, like... But the, compared to what? Compared to anything else, especially now, to make a game like Not Metroid. Not compared to other Nintendo first-party games. What do you mean? They did fine. Metroid? Metroid sells like shit in Japan. In Japan, yeah, but it, it does well here. It's, well, it does it, right. it did well enough to make like 10 of them in the last 10 years. Right, but I mean, how many Kirbys have they made in the last 10 years? I'm just 100? saying, they're, they're yeah. going to keep on making them. I, I think, uh, no, I think they'll keep making Metroids, but I do think that Metroid as a, as a series isn't earning Nintendo as much money as the Mario. No, I think, the, they, the they, I think they're focusing on where yeah. they can make the most money. The thing that, that that's weird to me about what he's saying is like they, he wants more people to play games and, and dude, learn, Nintendo needs to learn its lesson. Make games for the people you have. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I don't understand how many times you, like, you want to, like, change, you know, flip the script and all that. And that's great. And that's awesome. Fine. But, like, you have a group of people that are starving for content. And you know the content they want. And totally. they don't want this, like, a, a, you know, a, you know, yeah. different kinds of experiences. They want what they love. They so, want Nintendo yeah. games. I do want to push back on that a little bit, though. Because I do feel that the idea of trying to pull in a bigger audience is noble. And it's interesting. And it did work for Nintendo with the Wii, for the most part. And with but it shouldn't come at the cost of the people who really enjoy your games. And that's our timer, so unfortunately we got to stop there. Thank you. Uh, next question comes from Alexander Kazina. Excuse me. Recently I've been reflecting on The Legend of Zelda series, and I've been thinking about Nintendo's insistence of rebooting this franchise. He put that in quotes. Create, meaning he creating an entirely new story, new set of mechanics, and graphical style with every console iteration of it. Quick aside, I don't think uh, rebooting is maybe the best term, but you guys get what he's, at, what he's saying already. <clears throat> While this has allowed the series to remain fresh, it has resulted in there being a really long turnaround uh, with each title. It took five years between Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess. 
Are you for Nintendo taking this approach with the Zelda series with each console iteration, despite the time it takes, or would you rather do more frequent Zelda games and copy and improve upon the previous game style as they did with Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask or Phantom Hourglass to Spirit Tracks? Go. Uh, for me, Majora's Mask is by far the best Zelda game in my mind, so I, I like the idea of iterating on an engine or what you already have, and I know that that's not a popular opinion. I think people no, like Ocarina or Link to the Past. I think Majora's Mask is an, an insanely good game. Um, and that was because they had the engine, and they could think about, and they had the graphics and, the, and, and, and everything, and they can think about a different approach and a different idea. They didn't have to rebuild, you know, m- you know, rebuild the wheel or whatever, you know, reinvent yeah, the, the, the wheel. The they were just like... The games are similar in that respect. Right. Like They're when, both really good. Yeah, like, like when Capcom did the Oracle games, it was like these are two of the same games, and... They're both awesome, and you buy them both, and you enjoy them. They came out at the same time, and that's fine. But like, to me, like Majora's Mask was so good because it was so different, and it was so different because they didn't have to worry about all the other bullshit that goes into making a game. They could just make a game, like design Mm. a game, and they haven't done that since. There hasn't been a better game, Zelda game, in my opinion, since Majora's Mask. You know, Wind Waker was great. You know, Twilight Princess, I didn't like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care for the DS games because you had to control them with a stylus, so I refused to play them. Mm-hmm. You didn't play the most recent one yet, right? Uh, no, he did. No, play I played. I played. I played Link Between Worlds, which I loved, but it was just Link to the Past. Sure. You know, like like I need like I think that they can reinvent Zelda, but I think it might have been smarter to get something like Skyward Sword out quick and then iterate on it sure. and yeah. make the better Zelda. Yep. 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 Right. Uh, I mean, I I would play uh, a new Link Between Worlds. Every year, if they just did that, to- I love yeah, that. It's like game. a 2D Castlevania. Just, yeah, just totally. keep doing that. Totally. Well, like what they did on the DS when there was a new 2D Castlevania every other yeah, year. Yeah, that was glorious. It was a glorious time. But would that put Nintendo in a position sort of like people's apathy towards Call of Duty, for example, but where they're like, be- ah, again, another one? Well, but it's no, selling. It's your apathy. It's selling. Yeah, I got apathy. <laughs> right, I know folks. Right. There are um, other folks. Maybe that. People already have that over 30 years of Zelda. Well, that's the thing. Like with with, it's a little different with Call of Duty because there's that big there's that big tent whole release every single year and with Zelda I feel like they can split the market up in so many different ways like you can have a 3DS Zelda right and then you can do the next year have another 3DS Zelda but also have another team focusing like on a totally huge different uh, console Zelda so like so I wanna... like Hyrule Warriors and whatever the next Zelda no will be, not is that trash <laughs> I don't care about Ouch. that come on come on man I'm Please. just uh, hey I had to put it out there happy meal bullshit I don't want that <laughs> All right. no I want like a real Zelda game yeah. once a year and like if one of them's on the 3DS and it's like what I played last year and then the next year it's on a console and it's something like that, then I'm happy with that. I, I'm, I don't think that we need we, – I don't think we need them every year like Call of Duty, right? No. But I do want to see more of them happen more often. And if that means reusing engines and iterating, like I would totally play an alternate dimensional sequel to Wind Waker or like you said, like another like Skyward Sword where they're like, well, we have this engine down. We have these characters. We're going to yeah. reskin it. I would play a Master Quest for these games. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I like Master Quest. That's yeah. my favorite – the Ocarina of Time Master Quest is so awesome. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. awesome. When I got that for GameCube, man, I was in college. I was so it, I got I had to subscribe to Nintendo Power, I think, to yeah. get it right. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to read Nintendo Power at all, but I'm gonna get this just for this. And yeah. it was awesome. It was I a great way thing. to it was a great way to experience those games again. <clears throat> yeah. So I am for them. So I guess I'm the only one at the table maybe with this opinion, but I am for them taking their time. I do though think Skyward Sword was a, a special example because Skyward Sword was being built around motion control, which for what it's worth, that could not that design of that game, I don't believe, could have come together quickly because you didn't want to shortchange the people who like deep Zeldas with deep mechanics and deep ideas just to give them something that essentially was Wii Sports Resort as far as like what the motions and, and things you were actually doing in the game were. Yeah. So I don't know if necessarily... 
you know, yeah, there was a long development period between Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess. I could, and, and Twilight Princess got a little bit of a delay because of the Wii, right? They said, well, this was coming to GameCube, but we should probably capitalize on this since we have a system coming out and we'll make it a launch game instead. But I am for them taking their time a little bit just because I like when Zelda's at its best. And I like when Zelda explores and, and gives me cool things to do. And Skyward Sword had half of that and half of it I didn't really care for, but it was still really cool. Damn, out of time. <laughs> Cut off. So I will just say, I, I guess I'm the one here who thinks they should take their cool. time. I got to run, Jose. All right. See ya. Are we we're wrapping gonna, this up? Uh, we're going to go, go one more question, and then we're finished. Okay. Is that I'll, cool? I'll you guys say, okay? I'll yeah, say yeah. for one more one question. One more question. Let's go. All right, cool. So last question this week comes from, oh, man, I don't want to say this name wrong. Altano, help. That Which one. one? Is it Italian? Mihaly Miklos. He's there Greek. There we go. Greek. All right. Greek, yeah. Okay, so, oh, stop, I'm not supposed to start that yet. So, uh, I hear you guys bemoan the Wii motion control era, which, by the way, seems to have mostly passed. However, I'd love to hear your views on which games were wins and which ones were fails over the lame shovelware games. Okay, so we, he sent us an example, and he has wins. Grand Slam, Tennis, uh, Skyward Sword, Metro Prime 3. For fails, he had Red Steel, Star Wars, Lego, and an NHL shot, Snapshot. You don't got to give, you know, wins and, I don't know, tear it apart the way you want. I think a win was Wii Sports. Easy. Yeah, I was going to say that's the obvious one. Yeah, yeah, that is the most obvious one. It was a pack-in. It was the game you needed the system for, and it was the lowest barrier to entry so anyone can play. Yeah, and that was, really encapsulated what the Wii was about. It was really smart. I got yeah. Resident Evil 4 win. It's my favorite Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Dude. It worked perfectly. The pointer controls worked great. My hands started hurting. I loved that game so much. Yep. And then uh, uh, Boom Blocks was my favorite, like, motion control era yep. game. Yep. yep. Uh, uh, Metro Prime Trilogy, by the way. Yeah, cool Metro, Metro Prime's a good one. Zack and Wiki was a great uh, yeah. game that used the motion yeah. control. I love that game. Good choice. Um, and and I'll say, you know, you, you brought up Resident Evil, which I liked a lot on Wii because it got you away from those tank controls that were more difficult from Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Um, so it made the game easier, which was kind of nice because we just don't play games like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I think another game that was obvious, so I only messed with it a little bit, uh, but con The Conduit. Um, like shooters make sense with mm -hmm. when they're executed. Did you play that for guides? Uh, no, I just played it for fun. Because you know, I, I played a lot of Wii early in its life cycle. Yeah. Um, I tried. You know, like I, I sure. wanted to like it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I think I wrote that guide. Yeah, I think you did. Um, oh, man. But uh, yeah, well, like shooters, like it's not a great game. I didn't play very much of it at all. But I remember being like, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I'm, uh, I can get down with a, with a, a shooter like that. Red Steel. Uh, was great in premise, but you know, right, didn't right. work. Especially yeah. the the turn your hand sideways gun, gangster saw gun thing just <laughs> did not work. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it counts because it's sort of it's basically a light gun game, but it worked the same way. But House of the Dead Overkill mm -hmm. uh, yeah. was actually a really awesome yep, game yep. to play because it makes sense, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with like yeah. even even the whole like uh, like the point down and flick back up to reload, like very arcade style. Like I remember like waiting to see a movie in the in the 90s and playing light gun games at a movie theater. And uh, just that flick down and flick back up, it's so rewarding. To be able to do that with, like, a friend in the living room in front of a big screen TV was really cool. I that mean, game had a bug where you couldn't complete the final collectible run and still like that because yeah. you couldn't update Wii games. Oh, wow. I did not know or that. Or they didn't. I mean, uh, in Skyward Sword's case, they had an update thing, which you had to, like, send it an SD card. Yeah, well, was the one, one yeah. example. I, yeah. no, I thought, I thought uh, Other M, you had to do that, too. There was a there was a, there was was a game-breaking game bug in that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you could send your memory card in. But so, that's what you had to do. You had to get the, your broken game fixed. That wasn't an update. They would yeah, fix your broken game digitally. Yeah, no, I remember, I remember parts of Elibits 
Kind of worked. Does anyone yeah. remember that oh, game? Yeah, Konami that. made that. Wii Play was a fail. It was a great. It came with a controller. Is, you bought it, it for it, the controller. Trash. As they say, it was a mixed bag. <laughs> Not even. I think there was a one or two bag of wet garbage. Of garbage. Yeah, there you go. There were one or two mini games that were probably sort of fun, but uh, okay. I think most of them were pretty broken. Okay. You just wanted the Wii Remote. Yeah, pretty. That's much. what most people uh, bought that it for. Was it. No, that was it. All right. So it's, it seems like we wrapped that one early. So we'll we'll stop there. Uh, so thank you very much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. Uh, as always, make sure that you check out the site and also check out our other coverage. You know, Colin puts up great PlayStation coverage. Ryan and a bunch of folks put up great Xbox coverage. And you can always come back to check our Nintendo stuff as well. We got movies too. So make sure you, uh, if you like that, we have that for you. Thank you very much for listening. Really quickly around the room, you can find Colin at? No taxation. You can find Sam at? Uh, Samuel underscore IGN. You can find Brian at? Agent Bizzle. Thank you all, by the way, for yeah, staying thank you. a little thank longer. You. Thank you for having and me. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.